Austin, I appear to be intercepting a strange communication. Can you locate where it's coming from? Yes, it's coming from the home of the head of Pertwee. Put it on speaker. Why did he do it? It just won't fit in there. He could cut the legs off. OK, both of us together. Mm-hmm. One each end and ready as you go. OK. We're getting nowhere. How about digging a hole, big and sort of round? And bury it. Righto. Welcome, 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 one and all, all and one, to this Staggering Stories podcast number 399. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And I, yes, I am... A bit leaky. Yeah, Mm. yeah, I I got a bit damp. Comes with age. (laughs) (laughs) I've had my seals refitted. (laughs) And now, over to the news. Doctor Who news, kind of. Yeah. Bernard Cribbins. Dead. 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 Yes. Mm. So sad, the news this week. It yeah. is not a, good, not a good week. <laughs> no, no. Bernard Joseph Cribbins, OBE, actor, mm. singer, entertainer and book reader, has left everyday folk behind at the age of 93. A thoroughly good innings. Mm. Definitely. But not long enough. Cribbins is well known to modern viewers playing Wilfred Mott on Doctor Who alongside David Tennant and Catherine Tate. To our generation, he's known for such thing as, things as the Wombles, numerous stints on Jack and Ori, such hits as Hole in the Ground and Right Said Fred, starring in the film version of The Railway Children and as a guest at Faulty Towers. Tributes too numerous for us to cover, even a fraction, include John Sim, who said... Farewell, Bernard. Loved him. He would happily do all the Womble voices on command, actually transporting me back in time for real. Being horrible to Wilf was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do as an actor. Wiping out a tenth of the population didn't bat an eyelid. But to be mean to Bernard Cribbins, a challenge. He'd look at me after a take and with that lovely twinkle in his eyes would say, Oh, you horrible sod. (laughs) Russell T. Davies. His first day was on location with Kylie Minogue, but all eyes, even Kylie's, were on Bernard. He'd turn up with a suitcase full of props just in case, including a rubber chicken. (laughs) And what an actor. Oh, really, though, what a wonderful actor. Mark Gatiss. There was no one quite like Cribbins, a gifted comic actor with an incredible seam of pathos and real heart. I once gushed to him (laughs) about his lovely performance in Hammer's She. That afternoon he was off to play five aside, aged almost 90. (laughs) Georgia Tennant. There aren't many people in this world who inspire you to name multiple kids after them. That's how magic Bernard was. (laughs) We're going to talk about Bernard in a moment. Mm. So let's go on to the next bit of not-so-happy news. <laughs> no. Nichelle Nichols. 
Dead. Dead. Mm-hmm. Grace Dell Nichols, better known as Nichelle Nichols, has walked off to the afterlife aged 89. Another good innings. Known the world over for playing the groundbreaking character of Lieutenant Uhura on the original Star Trek TV series between 1966 and 1969. She went on to reprise the character in the animated Star Trek series and six films. Nichols' early Star Trek work coincided with the civil rights movement still happening in the United States at that time, and her role as a black female senior officer on a starship was seen as very important. So much so that when she decided to leave the show after the first season, Dr Martin Luther King personally asked her to stay on as an important symbol of what they were striving for. In recent years, she had been suffering from dementia, and there were legal fights over her governorship, similar to power of attorney, particularly between her management and the son. Of the principal Star Trek cast, this now only leaves William Shatner, George Takai and Walter Koenig. Mm. Tributes included George Takai. I shall have more to say about the trailblazing, incomparable Nichelle Nichols, who shared the bridge with us as Lieutenant Uhura of the SS Enterprise, and who passed today aged 89. For today, my heart is heavy, my eyes shining like the stars you now rest among, my dearest friends. Linda Carter, many actors become stars, but few stars can move a nation. Nichelle Nichols showed us the extraordinary power of black women and paved the way for a better future for all women in media. Thank you, Nichelle. We will miss you. NASA, we celebrate the life of Nichelle Nichols, Star Trek actor, trailblazer and role model who symbolised to so many what was possible. She partnered with us to recruit some of the first women and minority astronauts and inspired generations to reach for the stars. Jesus, can we have something cheerful? <laughs> we will also be talking about Nichelle in a moment. Doctor Who. Dead. What? <laughs> <laughs> Worlds of Wonder in Edinburgh. The roaming Doctor Who exhibition known as the Worlds of Wonder now has its second venue confirmed, the National Museum of Scotland in Edinburgh. Its current incarnation, I see what you did there, (laughs) its current incarnation can be visited until the 30th October at the World Museum Liverpool. It then skips over November and will open in Edinburgh on the 10th of December. Presumably, the Liverpool section will not survive the move, but instead expect some unique elements focusing on Scottish connections with Doctor Who, perhaps including the likes of the Loch Ness Monster, the Eaters of Light, and such actors as Sylvester McCoy, Peter Capaldi, and Michelle Gomez, though probably not too much of Shooty Gatwa just yet. (laughs) So, do we go again? Well, we haven't seen Steve for a while. <laughs> and as I say, if they're shaking it up a bit, it technically it should be different. I think most of it would be the same, but yeah, the, the bits <laughs> unique to their, the yeah. city they're in will so be different. So it won't be really. exactly the same, so technically bits of it will be different. The bits will be different, the layout but, might be a bit different. There you go. But it's a different venue. If you want to talk him into going, agree <laughs> the bits will be different. The bits will be different, right? <laughs> God, you're an intelligent man. Jeez. <laughs> you stick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Orphan Black, a sequel series on the way. Mm. From 2013 to 2017, there was a five-season series about clones called Orphan Black. In it, Tatiana Maslany, who is soon to be seen as She-Hulk, played numerous different clones, winning more than 20 awards in the process. Now AMC have announced a sequel series, currently named Orphan Black, colon, 
Echoes. We have the new lead character, played by none other than Jessica Jones herself, Kristen Ritter. If Ritter is following Mussolini's footsteps by playing multiple characters, then she definitely has a work cut out for herself. Especially given she's also working as executive producer on the series. It is still early days, but it is said to be hitting AMC sometime in 2023. Now, I was into Orphan Black the first time around. It was very Mm. good. And Tatalia... I'm probably going to mangle this. Tatania? Tatalia Masolani is an outstanding actress because each individual clone was distinctly different. Yes. Complete with mannerisms, body language and personality. Yeah. Very hard act to follow. Correct in thinking that executive producers don't actually do anything. It's just, (laughs) there you go. We want want you to do this. Have an executive producer credit. Means they get a little bit more money. (laughs) Have a bit of veto over it. They can put forward ideas and that sort of thing. Yeah. (laughs) But they don't have to be listened to. Don't have to do too much. I mean, sometimes it is just a title, but I suspect in this case it's not. I suspect Kristen Ritter will have a lot of say in what her character does. Right. Doctor Who Disney Plus to stream. Talk streaming services according to bloomsburg the house of mouse is flashing its wonga at the bbc in the hope of tempting doctor who onto disney plus mm. some have panicked thinking that this somehow means that disney are buying doctor who itself rather than just streaming rights i think we can rest assured that this isn't the case doctor who isn't for sale the bbc will continue to own it despite bad wolf making it or disney plus streaming it If anything, these things will assure its continuation. Mm -hmm. It is a little less clear what this might mean for the likes of BBC America and other international broadcasters, but in the UK we can expect Doctor Who to continue premiering on BBC One and streaming on the iPlayer. Either way, this is very much a rumour of a business discussion right now, so nothing may come of it at all. Mm. I've been following this one with interest on, on the various message boards. And, and quite a few people are getting quite irate and angry that uh, the <laughs> Disney is hoovering up everything in the world, not understanding that they're just going to be streaming it. Yeah. But one of the threads I did love, and mm-hmm. specifically for Adam here, is somebody has suggested, so if Doctor Who now enters the MCU, mm-hmm. as in the weekly and the monthly used to be produced by Marvel UK, Indeed, yeah. does this mean Death's Head is now going to pop up because he lives yeah, he does. He, he <laughs> jumps between universes. Then, in theory, the Transformers can turn up too. But yeah, very yeah. That, point. yeah that, that, that really gets. <laughs> I think for those that also think that this is the BBC selling it, they really need to figure out how much of the BBC's income comes from Doctor Who. And whilst they may mistreat it and, you know, treat it with disdain, it is the golden goose that lays them an egg. It's it's not the 80s. Uh, (laughs) Back watching the old uh, Michael Grade interview on the latest box set, he was very contradictory saying Doctor was taking money away from other programmes that could be made, but then said it probably made more money than it actually cost. You can't have it both ways. But now BBC is very commercial. They're 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 all about the money coming in. And it it is their biggest percentage income. I wonder, does this mean if it's... Will we have now money available for the um, reconstructions? Because I know BBC America pulled out of that and it was meant to have collapsed. So maybe that was all with this coming thing in mind. Maybe they were getting out of the co-production and the uh, the streaming or the broadcasting rights and it's going to go yeah. elsewhere. Maybe to Disney. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Mm. Another bit of news. Bad news then. David yep. Warner. Dead. dead. 
David Hattersley Warner, <laughs> an actor who did just about everything, has reached end of line, aged 80. Yeah. If you have a CV, it can boast so many sci-fi and fantasy films and TV series than Warner, much less have appeared in Star Trek, Doctor Who, Babylon 5 and Freakazoid. <laughs> <laughs> His films included Tron, where's Andy, you need him? Yeah. <laughs> the Omen, Time After Time, Time Bandits, The Man with Two Brains, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, Titanic, Scream 2, Mary Poppins Returns and Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin. That was a damn good film. It was. Is that the horror one? That no. was. <laughs> His audio work, especially of Big Finish, is equally impressive. He appeared alongside Susanna Harger's Sapphire in Sapphire and Steel. Initially, for a one-off Doctor Unbound story, he featured as an alternative third Doctor, one that in recent years has starred in many Benny Summerfield box sets, and forging a real-life relationship with his co-star Lisa Bowerman. He will also appear in Big Finish's Doctor's 60th anniversary story, alongside, at the very least, Christopher Eccleston. In 2011, he went on to replace Nicholas Courtney in The Scarifiers, co-starring with Terry Malloy. Tributes included. Director Edgar Wright. Very sad to hear of David Warner's passing, an actor with a huge legacy on stage and screen. And unforgettable roles in Morgan, A Suitable Case for Treatment, Straw Dogs, From Beyond the Grave, The Omen, Time After Time, Time Banners, Tron, Titanic, and much more. <laughs> he will be missed. Reese Shearsmith, David Warner. Immaculate and singular in every part he played. Such fun working together. Always patient with me when I discuss his head coming off in The Omen. <laughs> An honour to have worked with him and got to see him at his absolute funniest. A sad day. Mark Gatiss. I grew up in awe of David Warner as a stalwart of so many of my favourite movies. To work extensively with him and call him my friend was a gift beyond words. Good night, sweet prince. Warner was diagnosed with cancer 18 months ago, but continued working almost to the end. It's thoroughly depressing this week. Yeah. It really is. It is, yeah. yeah. It's like 2016, all condensed into one week. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've got an addendum. What's your one? addendum? Or something else dead? Yes, yeah, someone, else, someone else is dead. Is it Tom Baker? <laughs> don't think so. Has that checked? I did check earlier. Need proof of life and, now, unless, don't we? Unless he got overexcited about the football as well. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Dirty old man. <laughs> Pat Carroll, who played the voice of Ursula, the sea oh, witch, yes. in The Little Mermaid, oh, yeah. has died oh. aged 95. Oh, 95, that's a good That is a fantastic yeah. innings. I remember your conscript number one making me watch that film about five times in a row. Yeah, yeah it's a good film. I still know all the words to Under Their Sea. Better <laughs> Dare Sweater. She started Take work in the 1940s and she was on things such as Laverne and Shirley, ER, The Jimmy huh? Durante Show, The Danny oh, Thomas man. Show. And okay. <laughs> she also voiced Ursula in the Little Mermaid cartoon series. Mm. She was born in Louisiana mm -hmm. and won an Emmy for her work on Sid Caesar's House. And she was a regular mm. on the sitcom Make Room for Daddy from okay. 1961 to 1964. Okay, so we're a bit for our times on this stuff. Just a bit. <laughs> you know, she was in the 90s. Indeed, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Again, sorry about the sad news. Yeah, mind you, that must be what? Is that early 90s or Little Mermaid? It must be quite a long time ago, 30 uh, odd years ago. I think it was, yeah, about 92. Two. Yeah, early 90s. Yeah. Hopefully I have an addendum that might cheer us up a little bit. Question? Is it William Shatner dead? <laughs> <laughs> Does it involve role-playing? It could do. Has something come out? It might <laughs> have. <laughs> come on, tell us. Tell us. Well, my first addendum, yep. addendum the one, mm -hmm. since the gap for the last podcast, we have had a San Diego Comic-Con. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff's come out. A lot of Marvel. stuff. Yeah. yeah, and there has been an announcement. Right. Happens. On the um, Strange New World panel was 
gate crashed. Oh, yeah. By oh. two individuals from Lower Decks. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. In their human form. In their human form. Mm. Yeah. Who have revealed season two of Strange New Worlds mm-hmm. will have a crossover episode with Lower Decks. Oh, oh what? Someone's going to have got into the Klingon brandy again. You know? <laughs> yeah, they have to fight off Badgie. Yeah. How's that going to work? Is it going to be animated or is it going to be them, the voice actors, playing live-action versions? I think last year, San Diego, we did have the uh, voice actors turn up in costume. Yeah. In fleet uniforms. Knowing Strange uh, New Worlds, as we do, I think they'll go for the cartoon version. Quite possibly. They they could literally be find a... Someone might write a cartoon of their what goes on, and it comes to life. And yeah, someone will get into the saurian brandy, and there'll be a dream. Maybe dream sequence. Yeah, Mm. I'm quite looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, see how it works. I don't know. I reserve judgments on that one. Well, I know it's something we haven't touched upon the pod- podcast, but I've loved Lower Decks. <laughs> yeah, I must catch up. I'm well behind. I've seen season one, but that's it. Oh, oh it's so wonderful. You, you mean you haven't seen this 50-foot Vulcan skeleton? <laughs> no, I think so. Ah, <laughs> uh, you've got all the good stuff to come. <laughs> what is your addendum the well, second? My addendum the second is uh, uh, role-play connected. Uh-huh. Cubicle 7, mm-hmm. purveyors of the Doctor Who role-playing game, have produced a supplement, a book, that can you be utilised with D&D. It is Doctor Who D&D, using the D&D rules and franchise. Yeah, Yeah, you can can convert the two to appear in either Hmm. system. Because the the Babylon 5, the second version of the Babylon 5 RPG, was based on the D20 rules as well, the open version of the Dungeons & Dragons rules. I I think, if I'm not mistaken, Wizards of the Coast have sold the D&D system property to various other companies so they are producing versions of their own game but as D D section uh, as licensed D D. Yeah. Because they did have D&D. this open D twenty uh, open source. Which is, yeah. Anybody yeah. could use, but yeah. Okay. Sounds like another way for them to just uh, put out another version of the same source book. To me, I've already got <laughs> at least three of the uh, the main books, if yeah. not four and now. Soon you'll have four, yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of the news. Ah oh. Okay, not many celebrity deaths make me throw myself face down on a bed and sob into a pillow. (laughs) Victoria Wood was the last one. Elizabeth Sladen had the same effect. Mm. And for a little while, so did Leonard Nimoy. Mm. Bernard Cribbins. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I still can't look at pictures of him without welling up. (laughs) That old meme of him. uh... Oh, saluting the teary eyes. (laughs) It's it's been difficult this week. There's been at least two. There's the teary eyed one, and then the dialogue between Tennant. Don't die. I'll try not to. I'm going to die. So will I one day. Don't you dare. (laughs) I'll try not to. (laughs) Bernard Cribbins, um, our American chums and chums from elsewhere around the globe might not recognise what Bernard Cribbins has meant to about 70 years of children. I think I think mm. Mr Rogers is the best way I think I can mm, sum it yeah. up. Actually, less creepy, though. Less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did everything. The guy was a marvel. Never had children of his own, but no. he was an 
absolute marvel. When I think of Jack and Ori, which was um, a tea time children's story, um, it was just a celebrity sitting reading a story from a book, reading doing book. all the funny voices. And occasion- occasionally you'd have a picture yeah. from the book. Um, you always thought of him and Judy Dench because they were the most yeah. frequent, or they seemed to be, yeah. and he certainly was, and yeah. they did the best voices. Yeah. And then, of course, there was the Wombles. Oh. Yeah, another one where he did a lot of voices. He did, he did, all, the, did all, all of them. From Uncle Bulgaria to Madame <laughs> Charlet. Madame yeah. Cholet, yeah. <laughs> Found his Madame Cholet a little bit sexist. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it started in, what, 71, 72? 73 to 75. all about recycling all yeah. the way back then. Yeah. They, they may have finished in 75. Well, but so, I, I knew it as a child and I yeah, bought it in 74. I was going to so. say, <laughs> a, a certain period, they were repeated ad infinitum. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that's the period it was made, but it was shown well into the 80s. Oh, at least. And they're only about five minutes long, too, so they're yeah. perfect. Oh, yeah. Tucks right at the end. Between... You, you were quite lucky, Adam. You were born yeah. just before the horror that was life-size, womb- or human-size womble singing on stage. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> and, of course, he had two very popular hit singles he did yeah which yep. we paraphrased at the beginning of this is right said fred right said fred and the hole in the ground <laughs> there was a there was a thing a little while back of trying to get um right said fred into the charts if you have not heard hole in the ground or right said fred put it up on youtube especially the video for right said fred it's very they good. are amusing yeah um he was in the carry-on series yeah he was carry-on movies he was in a half alfred Hitchcock film frenzy he and he was known to Doctor Who fans twice. Mm. He, was. he was in the second Peter Cushing Dalek film as Tom, as Tom, which is very nicely just being 4K'd yeah, up. We've just and seen, we just yeah, seen we just it at the cinema. Yeah, I have it on 4K. And um, well, it depends if you take it as canon or not. He had to go <laughs> undercover and have an identity change, yeah. and years later became. Wolf Mott <laughs> and so returned which was I think a lot of uh, the old Doctor Who fans had a, a soft spot for Wolf not yeah. just because it's Bernard Cribbins but we, we had seen him before in the yeah. in the the well, movie as well. An in- interview I was listening to, I think it was Russell T. Yeah. He was talking to Bernard about his effect on children and he was loving that children were calling him granddad, mm. which is so cool. Which to a certain extent he was. Yeah, he was everyone's granddad. Yeah. yeah. There was a lovely bit in Doctor Who, the bit where he's talk was talking to the possibly the doctor's mum but it can't be now because yeah. of this yeah. but it was on the on the TV the interaction of you fought in the war but you didn't kill anyone mm. don't say it's like a bad thing yeah. because he'd actually been in the second well, world war yeah. but he was really proud of the fact that he never actually had to kill anyone he, it's he, it's also the line when they're up in the ship with the 10th Doctor and he points out Palestine uh, 30 years ago. I was standing down there, an idiot, bullets flying wound, round, mm. which was actually the line that he'd spoken to Russell T. Yeah. Mm. Offset. Mm. Yeah, the best writers just listen to their cards yeah. and take oh, yeah. the stuff. Yeah. JMS did that a lot in B5. Yeah. A lot of particularly Garibaldi stuff was straight from Jerry Doyle. Yeah. <laughs> he had the most wonderful sense of humour. One of my favourite, which I only heard recently, <laughs> he was um, he played the railway man in the Railway Children, which oh, station you've got, master, you've, station master yeah, yeah, you've got to watch the Railway Children, the original it. one. Haven't yeah. seen the oh. remake yet. 
It's set in the early 1900s and it ends with the train coming into the station, steam everywhere, and a shadow comes from the steam and Jenny Agatha runs along the station platform shouting, Daddy, my daddy. Mm -hmm. And as Bernard Cribbin said... If that didn't make you cry, you had no soul. It made me cry. Didn't make Jenny Agatha cry. She was hard as nails. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> so you encourage children to play on the railway lines. Yeah. I believe me, there was many, much that happened in the railway children. Yeah. And there was also, talking about the Right Said Fred song, Noel Coward yes. um, said he would want to take that as one of his desert island discs. Really? And when yeah. asked why, he said, well, darling, it's so that I could walk along the sand translating it into French. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's one he'd save from the ocean. I'm just looking at the films and TV. It, it's a list that goes on and on... Well, and all. Yeah. And thing. it's so varied as well. Yeah. It is. It is children, comedy, horror, yeah. music, but, musical. But you don't think you initially don't think of Bernard Cribbins as uh, an actor, a comedy actor, but not a dramatic actor, not mm. a horror actor. But it's surprising the amount of well, given his acting adult. Oh yeah. yeah, completely. It's when again, you know, he's cast as Wolf, and it's like, oh, that's that's great. You know, yeah. Bernard Cribbins is wonderful. Dance and stuff like and, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he puts in performances like he did in Turn Left. Yes. yes. And oh, God, um, yeah. the last one where Donna has her memory taken. Yeah. You're saying the Centauran stratagem when she returns home for the first time. Yeah. Oh, but he was just something else. Yeah. Yeah. Must was... not cry, must not cry. <laughs> he must also not cry. did. He went full gamut in terms of Doctor Who and he was in the big finish as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's Horror been a couple of glam rock. He's been in yes. a couple of before. He's yeah. been in one as Wilf. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one as the manager. That was another nice one. Stephen Gately uh, used to be in Boyzone. He's no longer with us anymore. He Mm. was the um, rock star in the horror of glam rock. And he'd never done anything like that before. He He knew he could do the singing had all that down pat, but he'd never done any acting. And Bernard Cribbins basically talked him down and told him, you're going to be fine, son, and took him under his wing. Mm. Didn't have to, but did. Mm. Uh, I think um, from the obituaries that I've seen and from everything that's been said of him, he seems the man you expect him to be off screen as much as he's the man you think he is on screen. Yeah. 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 He's what what is called a true gentleman. Yeah, mm. he seems to hold his friends or seem to hold his friends close to him, but be eminently kind yeah. and uh, as a professional have an amazing range. He's a, he's a, a, a shock to a lot of people because part of our childhood has died in many ways. Mm. Not just the Doctor Who stuff. That's happening a lot recently. Yeah, well, yeah. we're getting yeah. to that age. It is, <laughs> but it, it, it's things like the Wombles and that kind of stuff. Um, but John I think he's Barron. a loss to the um, to the industry just as yeah. a whole. John yeah. Barrowman said that um, uh, after they'd worked together, if Bernard would see like a, a news article or see something Barrowman had done his new role he would always pick up the phone and chat to him and that even bad stuff he'd pick up the phone and just let him use it as a sounding board just to be a friend and to be there yeah which is rather cool yeah (sighs) this is so depressing (laughs) 
Hmm. Well, we can we'll get to see more of him. Yeah, we've yes, got at least one more. It's going to make the 60th anniversary very poignant. Apart from at the moment where we're too busy trying not to cry, when you think of Bernard Cribbins, you can't help but smile. No. And that's the sign of a life well lived. Mm. Dolly mixtures. Too many dolly mixtures we've eaten <laughs> on the uh, Robo Man ships. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which takes us on to the wonder that was Nichelle Nichols, mm. who I hope she realised how important she was. I th- think so. I think so. What mostly sticks in my mind is the uh, Martin Luther King. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. But what I found out today, as a reading one of the, uh, listening to one of the tributes and whatever on YouTube, is the situation was someone came to her. She was at an event. Yep. Someone came to her and said, um, "There's we have a Star Trek fan here who really, really wants to meet you. And so, oh, yeah, okay, then. Turns around and there is Martin Luther King walking towards her, <laughs> smiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, her first thoughts is, oh, I feel sorry for the Star Trek fan because I really want, need to <laughs> talk to this. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, isn't it lovely uh, when famous people fan yeah. other people oh, fangirl yeah. over it? Yeah. yeah. Current Uhura, uh, Celia Rose Gooding. Yeah. Okay. She's tweeted a lot. Actually, okay, I'm not seeing that. Of course. Yeah. But the best tweets was where she was talking about the importance of Nichelle and Uhura to black women, particularly. Yeah. And she finished it with the line, forget shaking the table, she built the table. <laughs> and it's, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's hard to believe it. it's a different world back then. The totally. Yeah. Mid, mid-60s mid America, yeah. it, there's still all these racial divisions. Well, Nothing's perfect even now, by a long shot. But, yeah. but back then, literally, you, you, you law... Still, you still had the divisions. Jim Crow laws, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah which, crazy although segregation wasn't in force, the Jim Crow yeah. laws enforced it. But yeah. she yeah. would have known segregation. Yeah, she yeah would have, absolutely. She would have been yeah. a girl then. Yeah. Well, the the, the yeah. fact that, in two ways, the fact she was female and the fact she was a black female, holding a role of a character who was one of the senior yeah, officers. Yeah, she was a senior bridge crew. She wasn't... Yeah. Yeah. The secretary, she wasn't the tea girl, she wasn't the nurse, that's no effect in, to Jan yeah. Chapel, but this is, she's sort of like third or fourth in command of the, the ship, you know. If the first officer in that had disappeared, she's an integral role yeah. in that well, ship. Well, she had to take over the helm at one yeah. point with yeah, all well, navigation. Um, she never did in the live action, I think, in the animated. Yeah, she, she did. She, she, did. In, yeah, she did. She took, she took yes. uh, the helm position because she got oh, uh, no, the no, navigation position. Yeah, no, but she never took command. No. Or, oh, no. Which no. she did in the animated. Now, yeah. I, I read somewhere that she always regretted that she never got to a yeah. live action being that in command. Been, that would have been the extra yeah, icing on the shame. cake. But, but it's Whoopi Goldberg always yeah. tells the story about when she was a little girl and she was watching the telly and Star Trek came on. It's the first time she'd seen it. And the camera goes to Uhura, who's talking to the captain, and she's run out of the room shouting, Mummy, Mummy, there's a black lady on telly and she ain't no maid. <laughs> Do you imagine the impact yeah. that that well, would have had? There was, there was two things as well. Although it wasn't the first interracial kiss on TV... No, there'd been two others. It was the first interracial kiss on American TV... And mainstream. Mainstream, between herself and Will Shantner, Kirk. I hope the story about him deliberately messing up the other takes so they had to use that take is true. Mm. But that, that, yeah, we don't think of it now. An interracial Mm. kiss. Doesn't mean a damn (laughs) thing. It's in adverts and God knows what. But this was a shock back then. Mm. This was actually pushing... 
Yeah, people go on about Doctor Who being woke right now. This <laughs> yeah. was woke on steroids kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I expect there were some in the Deep South who never watched Star Trek again after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but it's a kind of thing that needed to be done. Because, yeah, yeah, She was one of those first characters who was unashamedly... Gene Roddenberry was, you know, he went for that straight from the beginning. You've got your your black communications officer, your black female communications officer, your Japanese helmsman and your Russian navigator. Particularly after so close to the end of the Second World War, where Mm. Russia and Japan weren't exactly friends of anyone. (laughs) And then she, as we mentioned, she went on to work with NASA. NASA, yeah. That Mm. was incredible. I can't remember the name of the astronaut, Dr. May, oh, I can't remember. Is it Pocock? No, I don't know. No. I'm going to look her up. Just look her up. Again, on the YouTube uh, tribute, there's quite a few doctors and astronauts and uh, NASA commanders that are attributed to uh, uh, Nichelle Nichols, the mm. uh, program that she volunteered for. Oh, we always got she, <laughs> Yeah, she, no, she, they, they didn't employ her. They didn't. She volunteered. It was her motivating to, to get this program off the ground. Yeah, I think within the last year, there's been a jumbo jet which has gone up to check the atmosphere of Mars and Venus by mm-hmm. reflected light. They invited her aboard. Oh, you're right, okay, wow. So she, she was aboard the, within the last year. Wow, okay. On this flight. Yeah. Surprised she was well enough, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. The other thing is, we, we know her from Star Trek, and yes. you tend to think of her not being other things, but she's been in Porgy and Best as a dancer. Yeah. She was in Snow Dogs. The heroes. She did a stint in Heroes. Yeah. Um, True Love, Unbelievable, Tarzan, TV show, <laughs> Batman, the animated series. And, of course, she was a cracking singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was her first... Her first love. Her first profession. One of the astronauts that she <laughs> inspired was Dr May Jemison, And okay. uh, she put on Twitter... Nichelle Nichols is forever for me the embodiment of grace, daring, intelligence, fun, inspiration, beauty, talent and the future. Today I am heart sad at her passing. I consider our dearest friendship a great treasure and privilege in my life. Mm. God, it's so hard to read those without (laughs) (laughs) words. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she was one of the lead... Well, she was the, the face of, but not just the face of, actively involved in the NASA Women in Motion programme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just sort of like she was wheeled out, waved to the camera, looked nice and all the rest yeah. of it. No, she, she she took an active interest she, in she it. She said she and, was one of know, the motivating forces. And motivated mm. behind it. And, yeah, it wasn't just black women it was women into yeah yeah aeronautics and that kind of thing and it is true you know if you don't see it how can you emulate emulate it yeah we've seen that with the football today this week (laughs) um and it is that situation of you know you you, you've got to have these strong characters there these role models these role models to encourage the people coming up behind them but also to challenge the stigmas or the the mindsets of people who watch and tv and in some ways that's what star trek and science fiction has always been able to do very well because it can go to another place another time another planet where it can do these things and get around sort of like laws or prejudice but still make the point yeah Mm. well they did it in that episode where the people had half a black face and half a white Mm. face and they were fighting with the other faction who had the colours on opposite sides of the face. It's a ridiculous concept, 
And that's how ridiculous racism yeah. is. They, they could do that a lot because it's science fiction, it's fantasy. They can take what is real world, give it a slight switch, switch mm. and uh, show it, which other shows can't. Yeah. I mean, they, they tackled the uh, Vietnam War, which mm. nobody yeah. else would even touch with a badge pole. This is well, something Star Trek bash. should be really, really proud of. Kind Jimmy of. Doohan once said he was at a signing and a man came up to him for his autograph and thanked him for inspiring him to go into NASA. And the guy is designing rockets and that. Yeah. And Jimmy Doohan couldn't understand why the guy was thanking him when he should he thought he should be thanking the guy for all the work he was doing. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. you know, that's it's just something that Star Trek... Yeah, should be really proud of that it's yeah. inspired. And even if little girls who saw her didn't choose to go into NASA, didn't choose to shoot for the stars, they knew that option was becoming open to yeah. them where it wasn't before. You didn't have to be the secretary. You didn't have to be the mother. You didn't have to be the cleaner. Mm. The options were out there. You could be that thing. You yeah. could be that second in command, third in command. If you studied, if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. yeah. As we said before, it's come so far, but there's still so much oh, crap yes. out there. Mm, and yeah. it makes you ashamed that in 2022, we're still having to say, oh, it's another step forward. You yeah. Know? yeah. Should be, we shouldn't be having to take steps forward anymore. Uh, you, sh you shouldn't even be looking at someone and say, and judging them on their colour, what they're wearing, what they look like. We think, need, as a race, we need to grow up. I think for some of our listeners, from from a female point of view, it it kind of like hits as well because I don't think of myself as that old. I'm in my fifties. I am old, but I don't think of myself that old. Old and but, scared of spiders. Yeah, old and scared of spiders. <laughs> but even when I was leaving school, which is thirty plus years ago. You could be a secretary. You could mm. be a typist. Mm. I wanted to be a graphic designer, but that's not girls' jobs. Mm. We had a computer room, and only one girl was allowed in that cube computer room because she could out-math the math teacher. But none of the other girls were allowed into the computer room because it was a boys' thing. Girls wouldn't be using computers. Yeah. And that is within my living lifetime. Well, even me, at university, on my course, for the first two years, there were no women at all. It's ridiculous, this isn't was it? This 1992, yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's not because they were excluded at all. It's just that no one they had didn't, encouraged them. didn't they feel hadn't... like they wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. It, it's a mixture of you don't think the option's available because you're never encouraged to do it. Yeah. We, um, had, we had a sister course, which mm. was more about uh, spreadsheets and word processing rather than programming and stuff. Yeah. And that was half women. Secretarial. Yeah. yeah. Secretarial yeah. Well. And we shared some classes. Yeah. It's weird. Makes Just, me so cross. Yeah. I think young girls who are doing like their, their options or their career choices should be allowed to take a mature woman in with them. Because I regret to this day that when I said... I want to study to be an archaeologist. That bitch said to me, no, that'll take too many years. You're going to be a secretary. And I was at <laughs> a grammar school with the top 3% of girls in the country where you had to take a special exam to get into it. Yeah. It's crazy. And, yeah. Yes, yeah. love, but you, you, you would be wanting to have babies, which would interrupt your studies. And, well, yeah, I did have babies, but, the, you know, I could still be a that, flipping archaeologist. Yeah, but unfortunately there is still that mental attitude and it mm. is characters like Uhura that help 
break that down mm. completely. And the fact mm. that she's been brought back for Strange New Worlds, they didn't need to bring her back. Yeah. It's also... They did, and gave her a good meaty part as a cadet. Yeah, you saw very it, much. You also, see they, her. Um, Which we will talk of when yeah. we come to review they, that they, shortly. They recreated her for Prodigy as well. Uh, the hologram. Oh, have they? Okay, yeah. yeah. The one scene I love of hers in Star Trek, above all else, is where she's doing... The dance of the seven veils singing on the sand dune. Oh, no, I, no I, I like Mr. when she's loving Mr. Adventure. Mr. Adventure. I like when she basically threatens him with a phaser and makes yeah, him go and stand in the cupboard. It's, 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 it's all right for you, you for someone, someone whose career is winding down. down. And it was the, the look. look. <laughs> <laughs> it was pure fury. Yeah, <laughs> she was going to let him talk to yeah. her and just yeah. ignore him, but no, yeah. no. She, no I, just, I just love the fact she, the actress seemed to be having fun with that part yeah. <laughs> and she was really really good value at events as well yeah. you know conventions and that yeah oh mm. welling up again <laughs> okay last one last one mr the david warner amazing david warner yeah. oh my god another cv so long it goes yeah. down one arm and the, up the other yeah. it's something that was mentioned and I, I think it certainly bears reiteration here especially as Crumbly's not here yes uh, that yeah. yes he appeared in a hell of a lot of crap films but he was always the bright spark of it he oh, was yeah. always committed to the character and Tron. to the role Tron yeah. specifically <laughs> the master program is, yeah. is the shining yeah. diamond in he was never that film. poor no never never he gave his all to it <laughs> first thing I saw him in yeah. was as for the aforementioned chopping of the head in, oh, uh, in the, the Omen. omen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was a, a photographer who had um, worked out that Damien was the devil, etc., etc., etc. It was never going to end well for him. No, no, <laughs> no. no. Didn't, neither did it end well for Patrick Houghton, who was no. also in no, that. No, he was speared to death. He yes. was. <laughs> one, of, one of my favourite films for him was... Uh, Time After Time. Yeah, you I had, saw that in the last couple of years. Yeah, where you had uh, Malcolm McDowell as H.G. Wells, yeah. who has actually invented a time machine. Yep. But David Warner played a character who was Jack the Ripper. Indeed, yeah. And yeah. There's, there's this wonderful scene where um, they're confronted in the hotel room and he puts the telly on and says to the H.G. Wells figure, is where I was born... I was out of time. Today, they've caught up with me. Yeah, because they time jump to 1970, whatever it yeah. is, from obviously the Victorian period. Yeah. yeah. Three of the roles is Star Trek, which mm. was interesting because they are divertly different. Very different, all three I, of them, yeah. I mean, the first one was the uh, English ambassador of St. Clair, I think. Uh, St. John uh, Talbot, I think. St. John Talbot, anyway. He's basically is a drunken sop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly to begin with. It is Star Trek V, which is obviously is, uh, not the, the strongest in <laughs> not the, uh, the strongest, series. <laughs> not the strongest. And then, then the next time we see him is, is the Klingon Chancellor, Gorkom. Yeah, Gorkom, yeah. The, the one who sues for peace. And it, again mannerisms body language it is completely a completely different yeah. if it wasn't for certain the eyes you wouldn't be able to recognize oh, so he's in klingon makeup. Yeah, he's in full <laughs> klingon makeup but yeah. you, you wouldn't be able to recognize him no, as the same person literally the next film yeah playing a completely different character only two years later yeah but it's the third one yeah, it's, it's the final <sighs> the cardassian goal madrid Dread, I think. Something Torturing like Picard. Yeah. But what is interesting, I think it's either the... Se it's only the second or the third time the Cardassians have been seen. Yeah. They're okay. being set up as the big bad for DS9. Yes. But it is interesting how much 
he establishes a character archetype mm. for the Cardassians. Mm. And it's yes, it's a two-episoder, but he's in less than half of the second episode. He oh, only indeed. appears right at the end of the first episode. Right. And then is only sporadically in the second episode. Yes. But yeah. he is, it's established as such a utter... Utter. <laughs> utter. Utter. <laughs> yeah. Personal disreputable But that's parentage. the one I didn't recognise him in. Yeah. And it was an outstanding performance. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's, it's the supreme arrogance. Totally. But it's not screamy, shouty, throw it calm. Yeah. Coll- he, he only yeah. really loses his temper once. Bad guys are better when they're calm. Yeah. They're oh, yeah. More when scarier calm. when they're calm yeah. and reasonable. And you knew he knew he lost when yeah. he shouted. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he set them, uh, set the t- a little torture electrical thing on Picard and left him for yeah. the night. Because he wasn't a nice man. No, no. he wasn't a nice man. <laughs> it was man. only a year after uh, Undiscovered Country. It took yeah. 92. Yeah. So, yeah. It was only a small little chain of in, command. In, yeah. in terms of his doctor, who involvement big finish it's a plethora yes long list of all the aspects of big finish he's been in every universe of big finish but for those who don't listen to big finish he's in one of my probably second favorite matt smith story and wonderful character professor grushenko in cold war oh yeah yeah. Yeah. with the headphones with the headphones who was wanting to know whether the band stayed together it was duran duran wasn't it no so yes yes it was duran duran yeah Yeah, the song was yeah because it was that nod to barbarella and that kind of stuff yeah but all he he was concerned about he realized that uh clara's from the future and wanted to know whether the band was was still still together together. (laughs) he was the most unsoviet soviet oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, was a, he was a hippie just playing lip service to the uh doctrine but it's it's nice to know that doctor who led him to his partner lisa bowerman yeah yeah and i'm sure no we all idea. want to send her our love yeah because it sucks yeah. really yeah. does Explains the chemistry oh, between, yeah, so between him yeah. and Benny. They're just amazing yeah, together. Yeah. yeah, his third doctor was a doctor that didn't really. It's got this to do. Doesn't really want to be bothered with, <laughs> yeah. with what else is going on. He's a very different doctor to the usual type of doctor. Oh brilliant. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, but then, to heroic. an extent, Pertwee's doctor was Pertwee's doctor was very self-absorbed. But I'm doing was, this. Well, I don't care what's going on. unless he yeah. interests me. I but, don't care. But he was uh, the third doctor. Pertwee's doctor was the man of action, which doesn't fit in with his with uh, Warner's version of the third Probably doctor not, no. you know and Sapphire and Steel of course oh, he where, was, uh, I, I, I initially I thought he was a little bit sounded a little bit too old to play Steel mm. but he was phenomenal he was great, he was great yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah, he obviously was playing older than David McCallum. Yeah, he yeah. was older than David McCallum. Yeah. He was in great gruff. Sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. Which like Steel should still be. Was yeah. Very yeah. Oh, he, he, he did embody the character. Yeah. He may not have been the voice, but he definitely embodied the character. Yeah. I first probably saw him in probably Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 oh, yeah. <laughs> back in 1991 when I was went to America and yeah. it was on over Easter yeah. in Florida and we went to see it a couple of times in charge of the mutagen stuff. He had glasses on, didn't he? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Glasses and a lab coat. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> lab coat, yes. yeah. Certainly for the voice for one of his, for me, one of his outstanding roles is, was it Clench? From Nebulous. Oh, he was great in Nebulous. Yeah, yeah. so sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. You know, and unhinged. It's the only way you could describe him. He's basically him. playing the master. Yeah. To, to Mark Gatiss's doctor. doctor. Yeah, yeah. Nebulous. Nebulous. Yeah. But, oh, God. 
He was, he was great in that. And Frigzoid, as we mentioned before. Yeah. As uh, the evil lobe. Lobe. The lobe, yes. Yeah. And he only returned to that role a couple of years ago. Yeah. I didn't realise that they'd done a crossover with Teen Titans Go. They brought back Freakazoid and the lobe oh, and Cosgrove. Oh, I'm going to have to track that down. Yeah. They did this one episode. They brought them all back. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix. I shall have Because that's where all the Teen Titans uh, yeah, Season 6, episode 33, I think it is. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to track it down. I only found out when he died. I was looking through all the stuff he'd done. Yeah. yeah. Such a cracking career, though. That oh, the God, more we yeah. talk about it, the more we remember things he mm. was in. Yeah. 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 And like you said, they were all decent. Yeah. Jobs he they, did. He just said, even if it was a bad film, he was the high point. Like of Teenage that film. Mutant Ninja Turtles two <laughs> and Titanic. <laughs> it was oh, he was a swine he in was Titanic. A, 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 yeah. Oh, he was a cad. <laughs> but I think he, he enjoyed playing the bad guys. I think oh, he did. Yeah. But he was one of those actors who there are a few around these days, but not quite so many. But I think you only see them when you look back at over those career. Mm. What is called a character actor. Yeah. Yeah. He may mm. not have ever played the lead role. He may never have been the lead heartthrob. But his presence was always there on screen when he was on the screen. Yes, yeah. you always and went to him. His yeah. yeah, his presence made that lead role. Yeah. More important, his villainy made the lead role more heroic. Yeah, yeah. You would see him in different things, and is that the same guy? Because (laughs) that character is so different to the versatility of the acting and the roles as well. One of the things I liked is one of the things I watched on net first things I watched on Netflix. He was the good guy in the Secret of Crickley Hall (laughs) with um, Martha's squeeze Tom and Lucifer. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name. The actor's Uh, name, Tom. Yeah, him, whoever he was. But he played Percy, who was the good guy who never got the girl, mainly because she was up at the bottom of a well. <laughs> yeah. But he was he was a hero, even though he knew he was going to get the ever-living snot kicked out of him. And he was just so sweet. He did this thing where he just, his eyes misted up and he sort of clenched his lips together in a I'm hard done by manner. And that just made you want to cuddle him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he was at Hoofville. Yeah, uh, he was. 2019, 2018, before the pandemic. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and he was a great day. He was yeah. getting quite hard of hearing, so it was a bit tough to communicate with him. But the stories he just came out with automatically Ooh. were amazing. It yeah. was great fun to be around. Yeah. <sighs> so let us know of your memories. happy thoughts, memories mm. of Bernard Cribbins. <clears throat> Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could just stop us for a moment. Go and charge your glasses. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Nichelle Nichols, Bernard Cribbins, David Warner. Oh, deep breath. Deep, deep manly breath. <laughs> now you can... Now I can do my yeah, bit. Sorry. That's all right. We would like to hear your fond memories, your anecdotes of meeting, or just how you felt about the sad friends of the programmes we love who have gone on. Right to us. That was far too chirpy. <laughs> blub, blub. Write to us via show at staggering stories dot net. I see he was in Beastmaster 3. Oh, I am Braxus. I didn't realise it was a rubbish Beastmaster 3. I, I thought that. they finished it at 1. If anyone could get an Oscar for Beastmaster 3, it would have been him. Yeah, true, true. Now, for something a little less morbid. <laughs> this one made us smile. Oh, God, yeah. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Pause for music. Thank you. 
you did that dramatic, strange, new worlds, mm-hmm. I'm just going to cut those out so you're saying strange new worlds. <laughs> just to annoy you. I would like to point out... <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would like to point out that this is an Enterprise show. It's featured aboard the Enterprise. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. And yes. this is the first time since Next Gen we have the introduction. It is, yeah. Our voiceover. Space, the final, the final frontier. frontier. Yeah. Apart from the films, they did it at the end of one of the first films or something. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 notice no man, though. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the J.J. Abrams' first film had it at the end of it. It did, because uh, Leonard Nimoy did it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for a TV series, definitely. This is getting panned. Why? Really? By one Mr. Shatner. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> Who's never seen this, I'm sure. <laughs> I think I know why Shatner's um, not too happy about this. Why? Because he was the heroic lead. He was the one that said that this is as good as the original series with all the weird bit whistles and knobs and yeah. beautiful special effects and like, I think he's jealous it's <laughs> wonderful it's quite possible I mean I know we've touched upon this last uh, episode but it's one of the few things that has hit the ground and everything is in place mm-hmm. yeah y- usual shows takes about three seasons yeah. it varies but yeah I'm gonna jump straight to my favorite episode go on, go on jump to your favorite you've episode. got some um, obviously Pike in charge with his, Pike. with his Johnny Bravo hair. Oh, yeah. Yes. You've mm-hmm. got Una, number one, yep. who is awesome. Mm-hmm. And you've got Cadet Uhura. Yep. And all the other crew. But my <laughs> favourite, favourite episode was one where they basically ripped off aliens <laughs> and did, didn't even try to pretend they weren't ripping off aliens. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. E- even down to the Hudson. Little... Oh, yeah, yeah. Jim, um, uh, Jim Kirk. Not Jim Kirk. No, uh, Sam, Sam Kirk. Kirk. Sam Kirk has Hudson. Did everything but shout, game over, man, game <laughs> over. And the little girl they yeah, found yeah. even had smudges on the same parts of her face as mm-hmm. Newt. I, it was just Fantastically silly. I have that one to look forward to. I think I've only seen three, four episodes uh, of it so far. I've just okay. seen the Gorn, yeah. Gorn episode. The first, the, first the, Gorn episode. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit of recurring. Yeah, yeah, I like the fact that it hit, as you say, it hit the ground running. Not just that it was well formed, but we weren't introduced to anything. He's He's had this vision of his own death, mm. but we haven't seen that story. We haven't we have. seen what happens we, we, there. We, we, we Not saw... when you've only seen episodes yeah, one, I, two, I, three. No, no, a little bit of exploratory. That appeared in Discovery and also appeared in the original series, uh, The Menagerie. Of, but in terms of this... this, yeah. this I haven't yeah. seen Discovery, yeah, yeah, you yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of this, you, you just tune in... And there's history already yeah. there. It's yeah. not like yeah. they've just come straight out of Academy and this is their yeah. first trip and yeah. all this yeah. kind of stuff. Um, well, there's a bit of that because he comes out almost out of retirement. He's, he's brought out of retirement, yeah. 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 Um, so I like that. I like the fact that you have got characters there that you know are going to survive or you know what happens to them. But there are other characters there we don't know. No. Yeah, And you're, you're getting attached them. to them. Yeah. yeah, This is mm. a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like Hammer. Chapel. Yeah. I love him, Chapel. Oh, Chapel. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I wasn't sure if Chapel's actually a clone or not. <laughs> But it was one of those things that when spoiler the, music, spoiler music, yeah, the initial la, 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 la. description of her and that, and there was something that they said, and I thought, is she actually some kind of clone or augment? I don't, there was something Half there. The organs. <laughs> With the hair, she looks and the costume, she looks rather like a Mavellan. It does a bit. <laughs> but what, what what I love about her is the fact that no disrespect to Major Barrett, no mm-hmm. disrespect. Chapel was 
a one-note, wishy-washy type of character that was mm. just there to moon over Spock. Yeah, she never got used. <laughs> she never really got used. No. She is yeah. a three-dimensionally formed yeah. person. Yeah. She always <laughs> seems like a part of the senior crew. She's involved yeah. so much, which yeah. is a bit odd for somebody who's just a, she's a nurse. She's meant to be one of presumably well, many no, nurses. No, yeah. she, she, at, the, uh, at the moment, that comes later in her life. At the moment, she is a civilian operative. Mm, She's technically not in Starfleet. So, right. yeah. Speaking of being in Starfleet, I also like Uhura's journey here. Mm. Oh yeah, yes, think of Uhura yeah. as the ultimate Starfleet. You know, she's yeah. she's trained for it. She's done everything to get in Starfleet. This Uhura isn't sure she even wants to be there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I loved her line when they they met a creature they didn't know, oh, and the yeah. creature. This was during the aliens ripoff. Yeah, the creature was protecting the little girl. Horns. Didn't know that the crew were friends. Yep. And they didn't understand each other. So Pike goes, Uhura, talk to him. And she's like, that's not how linguistics work, (laughs) sir. (laughs) I I also like the fact that the early Sparks... You can see that Spock fancies her, (laughs) putting it bluntly. He might have just been proposed to, but he fancies Spock gets his end away a lot in this. He does. I think... Following the Spock situation, we have to have a shout out for Tupring. Tupring, yes, she, she is not part of the main cast. She only appears in one or two episodes. Two, I think, yeah, yeah. But harken back to the original series, Amuck Time. Yes, she was merely a plot device. Mm. Yeah, from the original. Basically, that's she, right. So, yeah, she, she, she had nothing that. beyond what she needed to do yeah, yeah. in the series. They again have made her. A three-dimensional character. Yeah. yeah. I love the yeah. bit with... I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. If you haven't, I do apologise. Spoiler music, spoiler music, <laughs> sha-la-la-la-la. <laughs> where they do the mind meld and they swap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. episode. It's obviously, you can see by our body language that we have changed positions. And they're both standing exactly, exactly the same, same. <laughs> speaking complete monotone. Two Vulcans you can't tell them about. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I did like about this, I, I love the cat, the um, pilot, Ortega. Mm. Ulta- yeah, Ortega. Uh, and um, the fact that, yeah, yeah, like, this is going to be a really good day. And, like, yeah, her very kind of, like, glib well, she's, kind of stuff. Yeah. But the fact that this is a raw stuff, not not just Enterprise, this is Starfleet at a very raw early stage. Yeah. They haven't got some of the, you know, rules and regulations in place. And although it's a military endeavour, it's not got the spit and polish that comes a bit later, the yeah. regimentation yeah. and that kind of stuff. There are still characters who are a bit more rough around the edges yeah. who kind of like, yeah, walk back to... Yeah, I know, bother. Yeah, that kind <laughs> of stuff. Going to Ortega, it's one of my favourite lines is, OK, Captain, how close do you want us to get? First date or second date? Which Pike turns around to, blind date. Oh, caution it is. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no... There's no padding. I'll say, I've only seen the three or four episodes. There's no padding. There's always a problem when you have a very large cast. Yeah. Mm. Um, and all of the Star Treks have found it. Doctor Who's found it. Mm. Anything where you have a large, large cast, you always find it that there is always some characters that stand out more because of the role of, in the, the actual program. Yeah, some the characters, characters who end up in Jeffrey's tubes yeah, all the time. Or, yes. the, or the actual <laughs> presence on stage. And some of them are just there for padding. Yeah. But so far... Whilst, you know, in one episode they'll take a step back and another character yeah. will be more forward. 
There's no one there that just seems to be there. Yeah. I mean, there's clues that are just <laughs> there. Well, they have to be shot main, at. Yeah, each, each, nearly each character's had an episode to shine, mm, yeah. except for the only reservation I would have is perhaps uh, number one, Una. I think they could have done more with her, which they might be doing season next season two. two. Looks like that, yeah. yeah. Definitely. She's the way, had way, way season one is had, end. Had oh. her revelations, going to have you. Yeah. yeah. And the the bit where her and Ortega... Was it? No, it wasn't Ortega. It was uh, the other one. Uh, Leanne. Christina yeah. Chung, yeah. They, they're basically seen as party poopers and that. Yeah. Enterprise and, bingo. Yeah, and <laughs> found the Enterprise bingo game where you have to go and do things like... Um, <laughs> shoot each other with a phaser on the lowest setting and that's mm-hmm. one off and they spent the whole episode doing Do, Enterprise, doing Enterprise just, just bunking off very very funny <laughs> going on to the, the hull yeah. signing oh, their names signing <laughs> name. retaste bubblegum that's what the, I mean the, it's not quite the spit and polish <laughs> but the episodes that I had the most trouble with mainly because it just made me blub yeah. was with Umbenga's daughter the final yeah. one with Umbenga's daughter I haven't seen that one so that do you know what's happening with him, Benga's daughter. I know she's got. She's in the. She's in the trans. She's in a buffer. She's in a buffer. Yeah. Yeah. The episode where we no longer have Benga's daughter is just beautiful. Yeah. And it's the hardest decision as a parent he would have Mm. ever had to take. And he had to put his own feelings aside and do what was right for her. At the end of another mostly comedy episode as well. Yeah. 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 Where you got everyone acting deliberately, well, not deliberately, but acting out of character. Yeah. And again, I have to put Anson Mount as a standout character for the Chamberlain alone. Let alone what what he's done as Pike. And Pike is a glorious boy scout. Yeah. But yeah, as as the Chamberlain. I thought Christina Chong did a really good job there too. Oh yeah. The The singing. Yeah. And that princess or whatever she was meant to be. (laughs) It took me a while to realise it was her. Really? She was so different. She was very different, yeah. Yeah. I must admit, I'm actually really enjoying Pike's character because I've only kind of seen him as the curmudgeonly... Yeah. Deformed in the wheelchair, kind of like burnt up. Beep, beep. (laughs) Yeah. That's almost like a parody of a corrupted soul. Yeah. Whereas this is like bigger than life and he's yeah. fun and he's yeah. got a sense of humour and he loves well, his crew and that, 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 that thing um, the, uh, the second episode where he cooks for them mm. <laughs> and oh, yeah. you, you got a, a, her a turn up because she's been told to she's in dress uniform starship bingo yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the first thing he does is laugh yeah. <laughs> as he realises what's going on probably seen it before yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what is also in a good way, I have to stress this in a good way, is really doing my head in, is the little Easter eggs. I, I'm I mean, sure, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I had no a doubt. little nerdgasm when we saw uh, the Jeffrey's tubes oh, again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, we which, had to rewind it. <laughs> which, <laughs> which have been recreated <laughs> exactly. And All also right, so. the jelly panels oh, yeah. that Scott, Spock yeah. and Uhura have around you, you, there. Uh, the, the controls are touch sensitive. Yeah. But in the corner, you've got the big, thick, jelly-type buttons that they had on uh, original Star oh, Trek. Okay, and, of course, yeah. you've got Scott. Yeah. A Spock's which periscope thing, yeah. which are obviously yeah. the newer ones that are being that just developed, yeah. yeah, because they're coming in for the next. Yeah. Because we clearly yeah. went really, really off our skulls <laughs> when developing things at that point. Um, I know you haven't reached this, but the last episode with the monster maroon uniform. Oh yes, 
Yeah. Oh, I haven't yeah. actually noticed yet. Mm. Are there any red shirts around yet? The... Have they established the red um, shirts in our I Well, I think one of the episodes mm. coming up, you have uh, an ensign, no, a cadet who's just finishing her tour on the Enterprise and somebody else who gets promoted. Oh, yeah, we, so, yeah. So we, they're dead. we knew they were dead because they were important and we'd never met them before. They are not wearing red shirts as yeah. of yet. We thought Uhura was the only yeah. cadet, but suddenly there was this other cadet to come down to the planet with us and look yeah, around. There are, there are a couple of cadets. Uh, yeah, yeah, knew yeah. she was dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've... Oh. It's so I, good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's gone to a second series. I'm glad the second series has already been filmed and they're doing post production of it. So yeah. it's oh, and it's going to a third series. It is going, yeah, it's I think gone, it is already confirmed yeah, for third. Yeah. Excellent. It is. Shatner's a grumpy old man. Yeah. This is. I'm considering replacing DS9 with this as my favourite oh, really? of the okay. Star Trek franchise. And that shouldn't happen because <laughs> DS9 is brilliant. Yeah. 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 I've found it. Thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, it's yeah. good fun. It's, yeah, I think it's what <laughs> yeah, it's what a lot of Doctor Who fans want from Doctor Who. It's a reboot back to us. There is there is no massive great arcs. No, there is no journeys after this and the other. It's basically go to planet, have adventure. Go to planet, have <laughs> you, you adventure. Have, you, you have the occasional running theme, or they may refer back like to the something. Little oh, girl yes. in yeah. the buffer. Yes, there's, yeah. there's no problems to but, running themes, but, but you, you're not. It is not on a journey. No, it's not an <laughs> ongoing story. It's not a story that if you miss one episode, you've lost it. Yeah, yeah it's not not like Discovery where it is. You entire season has his own art yeah yes yeah it does make discovery seem a bit <laughs> less than brilliant uh, <laughs> well as i said uh, first season of discovery they tried didn't get second season they got their act together but unfortunately it seems they got that act and put it into strange new worlds yeah yeah interesting yeah it'd be interesting what see what they do with the kirk characters and yeah. where they, where they yeah. go with all that well it's kirk's Daddy, isn't he? Brother. Brother, brother, brother. Yeah. Kirk's brother, yeah. Yeah, with the Tash. Who yeah. we know dies. Yeah, he dies. At he, some point. He dies in, um, oh, I can't remember. Horrible way. It's in one of the original uh, <laughs> yeah. the original yeah. series episodes. But yeah. quite frankly, wearing a moustache like that, he deserved everything he got. <laughs> the, the only trouble I have with uh, Sam Kirk mm. is he looks a lot like Guy from... Uh, Galaxy oh, Quest. He does. Galaxy yes. Quest. Yes. He's Reminded me yeah. of yeah. yeah. I was sitting there watching going, God, you remind uh, me of someone. That only, tw- that only clicked for me during the funny Aliens episode yeah. when he started to panic. Like, yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It's episode 166. Episode, that's the episode <laughs> so I died. <laughs> also, I wonder what they do with number one. Because obviously, mm. she isn't about by James T. Yeah. Kirk's time. Yeah. In fact, they. Got rid of the position entirely, it seems. Because uh, uh, Spock, Spock was second. Is... He, he was off doing sciencey stuff. But they've got a science officer, which is Spock. Yeah, yeah. but he's also the first officer. But yeah, Sp- but, so it's Spock. like Kirk said, I don't need a, a first officer. I don't need oh, a Riker or a number well, one. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether Gary Mitchell was either second or first officer, but that was only in the uh, Where No Man's Gone Before. Yeah. so Because she doesn't really seem to have a, a set place on the bridge. No, she does as she feels. One. Yeah. She's a wanderer. <laughs> She Whereas wanders free. In next gen, obviously Riker's got a seat next to the captain. Yeah. Yeah. And so he got the the position of number one got lost in the original series and yeah. was reinstated by next gen. Yeah. But I think it's meant to be 
Strange New Worlds is meant to be either seven or ten years, depending on what point, uh, yeah. before the uh, Kirk's Enterprise. Yeah. And I'm very confused as to, is it exactly the same timeline as the original series now, or has have things diverged? See, this is the it, difference I between us. It all, all pets them off, isn't it? Yeah. This is the difference between us, because I don't care. Yeah. I'm just really <laughs> enjoying the it's, stories. It's not, it's, it's not that important to me. I'm enjoying yeah. Yeah, enjoy Well, no, but more. it's nice to, to know for sure if you see a character, what's going to happen to them. Well, yeah, it's, time's always in flux. Yeah. So, Wibbly wobbly. Yeah. And is it, or is as, this... Really going to this uh, no, continuum. No, no, we, to... it, it is in flux, as we've seen from the last episode, where uh, possible outcomes come from choices that you are making now. Do you remember how mm. a few weeks ago we spoke about overthinking things? <laughs> <laughs> this this applies. No, they must have a plan. They must know. Oh, you think? Know what they're doing? I'm really looking forward to the next season, though. Yeah, and we can't talk about yeah. anything that happened in the last episode. L- lower Gene, decks. Gene can't keep up. Lower yeah. decks. Well, yes. Lower decks too, yeah, yeah. And did anybody else laugh the first few scenes with Pike? Maybe it was some kind of joke about the actor's surname, Anson Mount. Of the, the horse. F- oh, the first thing you yeah. see is uh, a woman naked in his bed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The second scene you see of him on the back of a horse. Are they going for a joke here about Anson Mount? I g- again, sort of what is uh, uh, doing my head in is the Admiral who came to see him. April, wasn't it? April. Captain Admiral Robert April, who in extended beta canon is the first ever captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, I recognise the name. When when Roddenberry wrote the first script, Mm. it was Captain Robert April aboard the Yorktown, USS Yorktown. Right, we would love to know what you think of Strange New Worlds, because we think it's brilliant. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch (laughs) it. Write to us and tell us. Because no one else has written to us. Via show. At Staggering Stories. Net. Someone who has very strong opinions. Oh, really? But is now really clammed up. He's. Oh. Actually, he's got a cold. A His nose has just dripped all over your head. Oh, just just, just use it as hair gel. Yeah, use it as fine. hair gel. He was shouting gel. earlier. But he was shouting. None of us listened. No, His no. lungs have fallen off again. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. Hello, head of Pertwee. Hello, Terence. And handles and what is it? Pink scribbly dibbly. Uh, I've forgotten what his name is. Oh. Inky Mucks works a lot. Ah, Inky Mucks works a lot. lot. And, yeah. and Terence and uh, Dangerous Churchill, Nazi Graham, Hilda, the Moomins, Grunhilde in half Clara. Yeah. <laughs> She's been tucked away, don't you know? No, we, we have no feedback. Nobody loves us. Do you hate us? Is there anybody Not just out us, there? I hate Bernard Cribbins. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's clearly do. what it means. Yeah, they, they, uh, they Michelle dislike Nichols, Michelle they Nichols, Bernard Cribbins, and David Does Warner. You to this or animals. Are we just all sitting in the room having a go at each other. <laughs> We're all just sitting in the room having a go at each other. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to say it again. Write to us via show at Staggering Stories. Dot Ned. Lead us out, Adam. And so, dear listeners. That brings us to the end of another podcast. Aww. Thank God. But never fear, next one there'll be more death. No, be more <laughs> the same. More fun, frivolity and jollity. Woo-hoo. Hopefully. More news and reviews. More who, old and new. Mm-hmm. Do we do much who? I don't know. So until then... S for spider. <laughs> until that spider, spider, <laughs> spider... Shagadelically. ...comes spidering <laughs> towards us. With spindly legs. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seven of them, because one of them he shed into Jean's shoe. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? <laughs> this is me, fake Heath, saying goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> to dream the impossible dream. To fight the unbeatable foe. To go where no man must follow. Will somebody please stop me before I... No, no, we're interested to see what's going to happen next. (laughs) You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 399, featuring Adam Purcell, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler and the real Keith Dunn. The views ex- and spiders. The views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers on the site. No copyright infringement is intended. This has been an El Presidente and Fake Heath production for www.staggeringstories.net. So have you got a tablet already? Yep. This is the first time ever. <laughs> Maybe. Wow, how far we've come since 2011. Well, we walked into that shop in LA and then we thought, do we actually need a tablet? What's the point of a tablet? (laughs) (laughs) Just a big phone, isn't it? So, we have a little intro. Keith in his best shantner. We're we're not going to remember all this. We'll just pass it round and then we'll edit it together. (laughs) Or it says Andy, it should be (laughs) here. prompt from our off stage. Line. Line. (laughs) Intercepting a strange signal. Do not mock my spelling. It's been a long freaking day. And other international broadcasters. <laughs> Sorry, Spider? what? Help what? her. Get up, brush yourself down. Where is it? Where is, what it? is it? What? Don't come over here. <laughs> Calm down. It's what? a flaming one. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I could see it. And it was running towards me in my bag. <laughs> Underneath here. Yeah, but it could go up the back of your chair. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you imagine it. That was a very loud pitch screech. <laughs> I feel like it's not running towards me now. <laughs> he was doing a full pelt. Insane bolt across the floor. I mean, we're talking that big. But I can't Ooh. see anything. <laughs> yeah, not a money spider. A big bugger. Yeah, yeah, we've seen the big buggers. Karen screamed at me that there was a big bugger. There was. No, no, this one was about that. I said that. Karen screamed at me that there was a big bugger in the bedroom, so I had to come up and find it. No. It was that big. You, you, yeah. You're making it smaller every time yeah. you talk about it. I it was been huge. Out if it was that small. <laughs> you probably bore, won't kill you. You bore fine. that well. Dream <laughs> is having a crisis. Not the usual time. <laughs> Outtake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, that, what's that in- interlude music? <laughs> We're having a spider emergency. <laughs> we do apologise. Jean is having a psychotic episode. I thought I'd just mispronounced the word international. <laughs> and she was being overly Maybe critical. Roll them up so they can't... Uh... <laughs> Tuck them into your socks. I've got socks on! Oh, rookie mistake. Yeah. God help you if it's actually climbed into your bag. Shut up!
and then on the journey, on the journey home Face in hugger. the car. Before she leaves, we have to tip the bag out. Really? Now, I've got the bags zipped up. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Who was reading this one? I, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Calm your breathing. (laughs) Never knew you were a screamer. I am when I get attacked (laughs) untoward by a spider. Ambling. He wasn't ambling, he was legging it towards me full. He was more scared of no. No, he wasn't. He didn't even know I was here. (laughs) He did. It was the surprise of it more than anything else, I think. He was a big bugger. It wanted blood. <laughs> I hate you bastards. I really What's that one I, I told you about? The um, And one woman put, yeah, last night I got a call from my sister to come and help her because she could hear one of them walking across her kitchen floor. She could, she, well. It was such a big one, she could hear its little legs. Well. <laughs> As I, say, I, do. I would be moving. What's the agreement you have with the spider in the corner? Yeah, they can stay up in the where the ceiling joins the wall and can venture about thirty centimeters down the wall, thirty centimeters along the ceiling. If they move from there, either he'll be at them with a the cup, or the Hoover will be coming out. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm <coughs> at them with the cup. I can't kill them. No, I must have meant Orc and I. I thought you were going to scream again. No. <laughs> I could feel the cough coming. Swallowed the spider. <laughs> yeah, I've just swallowed the spider. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let me just. Will no, you well stop up. touching her out? No, well up there. I think she'd be able to feel it. Just to make sure. Adam, do you want to chat? No, well, listen. <laughs> going to have to have a harassment session here. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I don't know. I was worried about the spider running up my child's leg. I think that's the least of it. Why now? You were saying sorry. I forgot. <laughs> you just assaulted my best friend. <laughs> I will oh, beat him for you later, <laughs> you. and not in a pleasant, fun way. <laughs> oh. <laughs>